Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by the man who is producing this journey we're on, Mr. James Key. Hello, James. Are you quitting? What's happening? No, that is for the Eagles undefeated streak, baby. Oh, okay. Which I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure what was happening there, but that is the voice of James Key. And I'm like Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. I'm, I'm, I'm jacked. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm, I, I could have two torn Achilles. I'd be out there right now. Also very excited about a Jets win, I'm sure, is the tattooed one. Mr. Matty Key. Hello, Matty. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean... I didn't think they were going to win, especially against the <laughs> Eagles. So I don't think Jim thought they were going to win either, to be honest. Never in doubt. Yeah, okay. That's the great thing about football. You, you think you have it all figured out, but you really don't. <laughs> and you never know. That's why they play the so game. says every cause... bet I've placed this year. Yeah, I know. Eh? Oh, if, I don't know if we, we want to get right into like the bets that didn't work out. But let me let me tell you something, okay? I don't know if I even have it pulled up anymore. I do. Every week, I, I shouldn't say every week, some weeks I throw in like a ridiculous parlay of like, here's seven games happening at one o'clock. I'm going to pick the touchdown, a touchdown scorer from every game. So I put a ticket together of seven, is it seven leg? Yeah, seven leg parlay. And this is the closest I ever got. I got four out of seven, which is still not that close. But as I'm watching those games, I'm like, all right, Tyree Kill. All right, Adam Thielen. All right, Zach Moss. All right, McCaffrey. Like, I'm just need three more here, and I'm looking at thousands of dollars because I threw in, like, nothing for the actual bet. Like, if you put in, obviously, more, you make more. But it was, what, like, plus 39000 for this thing to, to pay. So uh, I would have been very happy if that one worked out. But unfortunately, uh, DJ Moore did not score a touchdown, nor did Alvin Kamara, and nor did DK Metcalf. So... I lost out uh, last week on like $1,600 because I hit every leg except for James Conner scoring a touchdown because he went out at the half with a knee injury. And I, I was so tilted. I hit everyone but that. And I was like, dude, just freeze your knee up. Take the needle. Tape it up. Just run one in. I don't care. And then get your ass off the field. You can leave after. Varsity Blues. Can he play? Oh, uh, what's it called? John Voight. So like, so skeevy in that. Not another team movie. Yeah, I love that movie. We were actually like, yeah, thinking of rewatching it. Jersey, not another team movie. My only like touchstone to John Voight is whether he signs his name with an I or a Y. (laughs) Oh, is that a Seinfeld reference? Yeah, (laughs) John Voight's car. Do you have his dental records? Um, (laughs) He bit uh... this pencil. (laughs) But have you ever seen not another team movie, Dustin? Um, I don't think so. It's on Netflix. Watch it. It is early Chris Evans. Yeah, Very it's fun. like his first movie, and it essentially just—it's the first parody movie of like parody movies. Um, and it's all of the teen movies we would have watched growing up, like yeah, the late eighties, like early nineties. Like Sixteen Candles, Ferris um, Bueller, Varsity, Ferris Bueller, Varsity Blues, Ten Things I Hate About You, Varsity yeah. Blues. She's all that. It's so good. Yeah, you have to you have to watch this movie. I'll keep that in mind. Um, however, you should keep in mind that this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. On this episode, we're going to be talking about 
Austin Matthews, the Toronto Maple Leaf goal songs, Ryan Reeves, Pride Tape, and other promotional things, NFL Week 6 recap, and our picks for NFL Week 7. That is upon us in just a few days. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which again is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, we do like to catch up on what's been going on since the last time we gathered around these microphones. And James, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, man, it was my child's birthday. So we did like a, we were going to have a birthday party outside. And then the forecast was calling for rain and kind of cold. So we moved everything kind of inside last minute. Dude, first of all, the cost, like everyone, (laughs) everyone screams about inflation, but like the real inflation is the cost to inflate helium balloons. I had five or six helium balloons blown up for the low, low price of $80. I bought the balloons. This was just to fill the balloons that I bought for like $4 on Amazon. It was like $80. Where did you get the balloons filled? Pardon? Where did you get it filled? Like what establishment? Some bootleg (laughs) dollar store, like Mm, in a strip mall near me. Cause like nobody else would do like a bring your own balloons. So maybe that's part of it, but then uh, the cost of coffee in Tim Hortons's carafes is also expensive. It's $40 for these two fucking boxes of coffee. You know what I'm talking about, right? The little, the takeaways with the yeah, the thing of like cardboard coffee. Yeah. For tw- I, they call them take 12s. Cause I guess there's 12 in there each. So I guess in reality, $2 at large, there's 12 in each 24. That's 48. Maybe I'm saving $8, but they could have thrown a couple packs of hockey cards in there for the amount I'm spending on their fucking coffee. So, but yeah, it was good. My kid had a great time. People showed up, which is nice. Um, always good to have people show up at your kid's birthday. Um, you know, they, they, they were kids. They were actually really well behaved and, you know, um, the parents were all cool. And it was, I don't know. I, I don't remember like having those birthdays as much when I was a kid. Cause I don't remember when I stopped them, um, but like, yeah, I think it was just like your like your average kid's birthday party. Uh, we overdid, dude. We overdid it. My okay, I was so I've been feeling not well the last couple of days in my stomach. Honestly, I felt like really fucking bloated, and I think it's because of all this shit that I've been eating because it's around, right? Like, so the normal birthday parties have a cake no this stupid fucking birthday party had uh two cakes uh 48 crispy cream donuts that we had to go pick up on saturday morning in scarborough did you get the scooby-doo ones no i got Mm. the strawberry sprinkles the chocolate filled ones and then the halloween chocolate sprinkles um oh man you messed up there's so many great donuts at crispy (laughs) cream listen Went to the one in Scarborough. Sad story. A lot of homeless in Scarborough. Uh, grabbed those. Came back. We had, there's bags of chips. There was like candy and shit. Just like, it was the worst shit. And then pizza was the food. So like, my stomach has been on high alert the last 
three or four days because it's just been, and then what's left over, you just, as you're walking by, you just eat it, right? Oh, look, there's fucking donut. I'll eat half. And then you eat half and you're like, well, I might as well eat the other half because I just ate half. And then you eat that. And then you're like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to have some veggies. No, I'll just have these bags of fucking chips that are lying here. You know, the little Halloween ones. Because you think, oh, they're just little Halloween bags of chips. But if you have to have five of them, it's a full bag. Right? So. So, wait, hold on. <laughs> what it makes you think, yeah, I'm going to eat five bags of chips? I don't actually eat five of them. I'm just saying, like, you like after you've had, like, one or two, like, it's it's practically a whole bag anyway. Right? So, I was exaggerating on the five. Then again, there are multiple flavors in there. So, if you can't decide, you end up kind of... You know, salt and vinegar, ketchup, regular, whatever, Doritos. But yeah, so normally I'm like in the bathroom maybe once, twice a day. Lately, it's been like four or five. Just I'm like okay. punching the clock, sir. <laughs> Good to know. Um, Maddie, what about you? And actually, Maddie, while you're telling your update, uh, James, take a look in general. You have to fix your microphone. And he's still got Tim Hortons cups. He's clearly using. <laughs> it's probably just water in there <laughs> at this point. If we, if um, I have to fix my mic, we're gonna have to take a break. No, can you just like unplug it and plug it back in again? Yeah, try that. I can try. Yeah, I think that's all it needs. Anyways, come on, man. Yeah. So my weekend is pretty much the same um, for Saturday anyway because I was in the same location. Uh, so went over there. Uh, experienced the birthday festivities for my niece. And yes, there was a lot of sugar there. Um, I was very tempted to just sneak out with a box of donuts, to be honest. Um, I should have. But uh, no, like it was cool seeing her, you know, get into it, jump around, run around with all her friends and stuff, because I really only see her when she's with us. Right. Like I don't get to really see her with other kids. So it's really nice to see her just be a kid. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that's cool. But like, it's unfortunate I couldn't stay that long because we have our kid and she's on a very strict sleep schedule. Um, as Jim knows, if you get out of that schedule, it's a nightmare for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Like if she, if that, if her nap is any later than 15 minutes past when it should be, she won't nap and then she'll be up all night and she'll just be whining and crying and fussy and just nothing you do will ease that kid's pain. So, um, we were just like, we, you know, got to go. So, but no, we got to see that. And then we got to hang out with her last night too. But then, uh, one of my wife's best friends was in town from France with her kid. And so we did that on Sunday morning. Um, there's a Korean thing, uh, where you celebrate like the hundred days and it goes back in Asia for, you know, hundreds of years of why they did this during you know plague times that if the kid lived past 100 days you could finally take them outside and into the world because they would you know be healthy enough to live so i've heard um, this before yeah yeah so we went down and saw them and did that and because they live in france slash bali um and they're only here for the week they did the 100 days slash his first birthday all in one because he's six months old and they're not going to be back during his first birthday so yeah i got to see that kid which was cool and then other than that, what else did I do? Sadly, did not watch a lot of sports this weekend. I was really upset. I was I was tray upset. Ireland lost to New Zealand in the Rugby World Cup, which was sad. Um, 
Yeah. And honestly, I said, I said next weekend, I ain't doing shit. My wife's going to the Taylor, Taylor Swift airs tour, uh, like the movie with her friend. Um, and so she's going at like eight 30, nine o'clock at night. Our kid goes to sleep at six second. She's out that door. It's fucking Spider-Man too. Hell oh, goddamn it is. Sat Friday night, Saturday. See, the thing Sunday. about that is like, I can't just play that because my kid loves the Spider-Man games. So if I play oh, dude, it, you, you have to put her to that. You have to put her to sleep and then creep out and play it. No, I, she wants to play it with me. So I have the well, you can multiple save files. Yeah. Do I like I'm, a, I'm, a I'm play shit twice. Okay. I don't know. I'm not that kind of guy. I played night. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. Not you're that not guy. that guy. No, I played Knights of the Republic. Probably a good oh, 15, I'll play, 20 I'll play times. games. Like I'll replay a game. But I'm not going to play this game twice concurrently. Uh, that makes sense. But yeah, so that's going to be, that's what I'm getting ready for because I got to play it and beat it by November 17th because then Super Mario RPG remake comes out on November 17th. Well, I mean, if we're talking Mario, like Wonder comes out on Friday too. Super Mario yeah. RPG comes out on the 17th. Well, I'm I'm aware of that, but Wonder comes out on Friday as well. Yeah, but I mean, I love the Mario games like that, and those are great. But those are great as like random sit down, like you have a little bit of time to kill. You want to do something for like 15, 20 minutes to kill time, and then boom, you do it, right? I'm talking like full investment of my time where I'm no longer a you know a father or a husband or whatever <laughs> that they don't exist. You're not a participating member of society. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm talking full degeneracy of like a game nerd. What do you think is going to sell more units, Wonder or the RPG re uh, remake? Because Wonder, the RPG, Wonder. the RPG is like people have that game, right? Like, it's just a remake. Not like that, no. But they actually changed some of the battle system a little bit. Uh, yeah. There's new music arrangements. Uh, okay. Also, obviously, the graphics are completely different. They've retranslated some of the character names. Yeah, retranslations of because the. The localization team was very small and didn't have a lot of time. So there's some things that they just didn't even bother or just didn't give a shit. Um, so it's been fully properly translated. And also, too, like it's arguably one of the greatest RPGs ever made in the because the SNES was peak RPG, like JRPG. SNES was peak. So, but no, Wonder will sell more for sure because of kids. It's just fascinating because. If you had, I don't, I also don't understand why they're doing both these games it, like a month apart from each other. Like I probably would have spread that out. It's like okay, they know well, the audience is different. Still, like if you have these bullets in your chamber, why blow them both on you know the same holiday season? I think I I don't know. I'm just thinking maybe you'd have one, whichever one it is, come out in November, and then you drop another one in like March or something. I don't see what the point is. Anyways, I'm not in charge of one kind of marketing. Also the cares? first game with uh, non Charles Martin at Mario. Mm hmm. That's true. Charles mm -hmm. Martinet is not Mario in that one. Uh, I think also, too, because ne next year early is pretty heavy with some games coming that they were like, there's no point. You know, and the heavy rumors of the, the Switch successor next fall. Yeah. So, well, I think we all know next fall, nothing's going to matter because Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to come out and that's just going to just destroy it. Unless it comes out on the Switch successor. Could you imagine though if if GTA Six somehow was okay to be on a Switch, 
it, it would probably that would be the one that I think would sell the most because then people would be like, I can play anywhere. Yeah, well, it's going to be too big. I think it's yeah. probably no, I bet it's entirely possible because whatever the switch successor is, it just needs to be connected online and just have a all of a sudden the switch successor comes out and it's hey, also works with Game Pass and Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to be day one on game or whatever the case, right? Yeah. Like they might find a way to do it like a streaming service to the device, in which case it doesn't matter what the power of the device is. It just matters what the power of the internet is. The funny thing about Grand Theft Auto, at least six, is that <laughs> it sounds funny to say, but everybody forgets about it. And like, and like it's going to drop and it's going to take over everything almost overnight. Like we won't, I don't think there's going to be this long hype cycle for it. I really don't. I think it's going to be like, here is the trailer. Announced and then two months 60 later. 60 days. Yeah. You know, that's that's my feeling on it. And I think we're all going to forget until we don't. Yeah, Can't it's wait. kind of it's kind of like what they did with uh, Mortal Kombat 1. Like, um, yeah. NetherRealm announced the game like two and a half months before it even got released. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot of rumors. They, they knew they were working on one, but in terms of how far along it was and where it was, granted, like, Games like that, though, you're essentially just reskinning it. All your assets are major in terms of your engine and how it works and everything. Like, it's mostly done, right? So it's either new art assets and then maybe new voice lines and then, you know, a bunch of stuff. It's obviously not as hard as going from the ground up, which is why people are saying, you know, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. They're, you know, saying, oh, it's not going to be as good as Remake because they did it too quickly. And it's no. 70% of your assets are done and you're not making it for two systems really. Mm. Right. So it's infinitely easier to, to work on a game when a lot of your assets are already completed in terms of characters. You don't have to spend time working on characters and their mocaps and stuff like that or shit like that. So back to Spider-Man, do you think, do you think that like Rockstar is looking at Spider-Man right now and saying shit? No. And I always say that because that was similar to what happened with Konami and um, Metal Gear versus Tears of the Kingdom. Or not Tears of the Kingdom. Is that the first one? Um, no. Breath, Breath of, the of the Wild. I'm trying to find the game on the shelf. Breath of the Wild. So when Breath of the Wild dropped, I think it came around, came out around the same time Metal Gear did, or it was like just after Metal Gear or whatever the case. And I remember Kojima in an interview saying, fuck, they figured it out. Of like how to climb everything, go anywhere, like... Anything you see, you can do in traverse and get to. Whereas Metal Gear still had like some like it was still an open world. And at the time when it came out, it was great, but it still had those invisible walls and there's still things you couldn't climb. And there, it was still like boxed you in in certain ways. Um, I just feel like Rockstar is going to be looking at that fast travel of and switching characters and how like lightning. I don't know if you guys have seen the videos of it yet because yeah, the game comes out instant. on Friday. It's instant. It looks incredible of like, I'm just going to go from the northwest side of Manhattan to the lower east side and just click a button and I'm just zapped right there. It looks right. so cool. But remember, that's not the game in the way the game's built. That's the hardware that the game runs sure. on, right? Right, but you still have to develop it to work with that, with that hardware. And I'm sure they are. It's just like, I'm just comparing it to what Grand Theft Auto V yeah, is. Yeah. And like, there was, and honestly... It did take a while sometimes. It did, it did. But um, the feature was cool. Like the ability to go into different spots of Los Santos at the drop of a hat was really fucking cool. 
Yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about, like in, in Grand Theft Auto V, you switch between three different characters whenever you want, and you just pick up where that character left off, but it takes a while to Not load even. into that character. <laughs> Sometimes they, they've they roamed around and done things. Yeah, they've, yeah, they've, 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 they've gone about their lives, yeah. No, it's, it's cool. A- um, I, I would say that they don't worry so much about features like that because they're very different games. Um, and I would say GTA 6 is probably going to be at least four times bigger than what Spider-Man is, just in terms of city size and scope and scale. Yeah, probably. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the size of one and a half Skyrims in terms of actual map size, which I've done the go to the easternmost point of Skyrim and on foot walk to the westernmost point of Skyrim. And it takes a while. So um but i will say uh they all know when this game is coming out like every studio and publisher and developer knows when this game is coming and you will start to see very odd release dates for either sequels of games or yearly releases or whatever um if you start seeing those not their typical dates and there's been no announced date for grand theft auto yet it's because Grand Theft Auto is going to be releasing on those dates. Here's what I want. Uh, in Grand Theft Auto, I want to be able to get on a get like buy a ticket, get on a plane, have that plane take off and then land in Liberty City. And then I want to be go around Liberty City and then I want to get back on that plane and then go back to Vice City. And I'll get on a plane and I'll go to Los Santos. That's what I want. I want to be able to traverse these three different environments. Okay, well, how about this? How about this? How about this? Grand Theft Auto V was all about switching between three characters. Three cities. I mean, you kind of did. I the case they've already said this game is in Vice City. They haven't, but maybe there's room for a DLC, a massive DLC drop of like, hey, here's a brand new city, and now you can change that city with a different character by like switching characters that you're familiar with, right? That'd be wild. That's a cool idea. No, Grand Theft Auto is uh, Trey hyped um, around, so no, it's going to be very very good but yeah spider-man i wish they did an early release though but they're like no it's just friday yeah that's interesting i don't are you guys getting are you've already like pre-ordered and downloaded and all that i will be and when i do jim does (laughs) oh fair enough because he's got the the family it's a feature yeah built into the playstation you have family share and you can share games with your family members yeah 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 what about you how's the atmosphere at the acc sir so I haven't yet because in terms of Spider-Man, I haven't yet because I was waiting for reviews to come out, but now the reviews are out. I'm I'm going to get that game. Anyways. You were, you were going to get it anyway. Prob- no, but if the reviews came out and said this game is shit, I wouldn't have got it. I always like waiting for reviews if I can. Okay. Anyway, as we digress, yeah, Jim asked. What about you? My week. So I went to a wedding on Friday. So that was cool. Oh, that reminds me. I have something for you. There's a a coaster here. Oh. That it has um Aww. You know, an engraving of of the married couple. Uh of no, it's a Chantal actually and uh Pitbull is the uh <laughs> I thought that was Salami Man. Is that Salami Man? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does look like Salami Man. So yeah, there's one with your name on it. That's how I cool. see you, it's yours. Um Yeah, so it went to a wedding on Friday. It was for one uh Brad Myers. Shout awesome. out. Welcome to the club, bud. Many of you may know. 
And it was cool because like I didn't I asked for zero details. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, wedding, cool, I'll be there. And then as I'm like driving to the wedding, because in Hamilton, I was thinking to myself, who's gonna be there? <laughs> like, who am I gonna know at this wedding? Like, I don't know if this is a small affair and there's gonna be, you know, twenty people there. Or it's going to be, you know, 500 people. I have no idea. Don't know what the numbers are. Don't know who's invited. Didn't ask anyone who, other than James, was the only person I asked, like, are you invited to this wedding? Other than that, I had no idea who else was going to be there. Um, but I walk in and it's like walking into a wrestling locker room. It's like, <laughs> oh, I know everybody here. So that was, that was really cool. Like, there's so many people I didn't expect to see. Like, Jody Threat was there and John Greed was there. And so it was just like, it was a clown car of wrestling personalities. Like, at, at every second like another person rolled up you're like oh cool so Which, it was a lot of fun that's uh, what broke my heart was seeing a picture of the table and i saw hacker scotty o'shea's name there and that really bothered yeah. me because i really want to see that guy and i haven't been able to since um since he his hospital uh adventure so um that would that really bum me out but how was he was he all right yeah he was in good spirits of course he was walking around and it was definitely good to see um I didn't expect to see him though. That was another person. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, I literally haven't like same with you, James. Like, I haven't seen you in years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it looks good. He's walking, so that's definitely a step in the right direction, literally and figuratively. Um, of like, I did like I did the math at one point. Like, I was looking around, and there's like ten tables of guests, and I think there's about ten people per table, something like that, maybe eight. I don't know. And two of the tables were 100 percent just wrestling people. Like between me and Fuerza and uh, Alexia Nicole and uh, Sean Gibson, for fuck's sake. I know Gibson's going to be there. <laughs> and, and so just countless people, like just more and more and more people, whatever. And then like, who's doing the photography, James? Guess who's doing the photography? Like the shooting of the whole thing? Yeah. I know who it was. It was Travis. Oh, no. no, uh, well, no. Well, Travis did the video. Right. And then obviously uh, fucking guy does the shooting. The indie fucking side. guy. Yeah. Jeff shooting the indies yeah so Gigi was there as well Gigi. so like and then like who's uh hosting the fucking reception scott because he did my brothers right and so the, the scott so and alan and chrissy are doing the production i'm like this is like a fucking wrestling event how high scott was ceiling? awesome mm, actually you know what didn't probably not enough oh, okay. scott was awesome like when he did our wedding like is I really, really good dude, and he partied with us really late into the night, like really late. He kept grabbing me, he's like, "Shot," and I was like, "Sure." <laughs> but like no, Scott. he's he's cool. He's a really cool, dude. Yeah, so it was a good time. Um, there's probably an off-air story I need to tell you about greed. Um, <laughs> I love that man so much, but uh, yeah, I probably can't tell that one on the air, but. Uh, good times uh, Friday night at the wedding. And then, yeah, last night. So as recording, like I went, we recorded on Monday night. So last night I went to uh, the Raptors preseason game where they beat up some Australian team. And I mean, it was a preseason game. <laughs> they, I, actually, I saw more NBA talent than I thought I was going to see. Like at one point, the entire Raptors starting lineup was on the court. I was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting to see any of you guys. So um, it was fun. It, 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 was, it was a lot of fun. I liked it. Um, We'll see though, man. Like I, like I know they beat up an Australian team, but that team does not look good. To be honest with you, this Raptors team is going to be rough. First overall pick, let's go. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe that. I mean, I mean, I wish they got the first overall pick this past season because that dude, 
Do they have this one? Ooh, that might be one they traded. Oh god, we'd have to look. I, you know what? That's a good point. No. So if that is the case, maybe you should uh, <laughs> try a bit harder. Do and not you know, take. Maybe they, <laughs> do not take. They actually were trying pretty hard when they uh, looked like they were very in on Damian Lillard, but no. that obviously didn't work out. But someone who was a first overall pick for a Toronto team was one Austin Matthews. Obviously, different sport. But this guy all of a sudden is telling the league, this is my league now. In the first two games of the Toronto Maple Leafs NHL season, and again, as we're recording, the uh, the game against the Chicago Blackhawks in Toronto has not happened yet. So I don't know if Austin Matthews is going to score another three goals. But as of time of recording, Austin Matthews is averaging three goals a game. Did you not hear that the Chicago is like considering, you know, with the whole like Blackhawks thing, like changing their team name? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be the Chicago Bedard Hawks. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I got him for a second. He was like, shit, are you kidding? <laughs> oh, here well, They might as well because Connor Bedard. Um, Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> <laughs> what a start to that kid's career, eh? Oh, I feel bad for him though. On TikTok or on the ice? Sheesh, you see the who's shooting her shop for them on TikTok? Sheesh. Actually, I don't. I, who's shooting their shot against Connor Bedard? Or some, to Connor Bedard? Some social media model who's yeah. like out of Chicago. I, I will send you the link to the page after. 15 out of okay. 10 missile shot her shot. Yeah. With yeah, like wearing a jersey, only the jersey, and all it says is "Hey Bedard." Hmm. <laughs> like that's the thing. That's all you... women have to do. That's it. I know, right? Like, I know. There's like zero that effort needed. Just we have to open doors, buy dinners, write poems, sing songs, pretend to like your friends. <laughs> we just uh, they just. Have I to wear jokingly hadn't. I jokingly had an interaction like that the other day with a female. So no one come after me. Like she was also joking in this matter. Um, But the running joke that we had was we are not equal. And we would laugh every time like something like that would come up. It was like held a door open for someone. She's like, yeah, we're not equal. And like, you know, just like little things like that, like all night, we're just making that joke. So to your point, yeah. Um, when uh, it comes to courting the other person, yeah, women have to do a whole lot less than men do. But Connor Bedard, his career Wait starts... Wait a second. Hang on. They have to do legitimately nothing. Like, they don't even have to get dressed. Like, it's legitimately nothing. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You just have to, sh- you have to breathe. You just have to show up. There even is then, that... Even yeah, then, we go there. About... We'll go there. You don't have to show up. You don't have to do anything. Someone's uh, got some PTSD. He's like get, starting to get getting heated. We're like they have to do less. They don't have to do anything. They just like literally breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but but as, yes, Con- as you were saying, yeah, Connor Bedard. His career starts in Pittsburgh against Sidney Crosby. His opening faceoff is in his career is lined up that's against gotta be Sidney planned, Crosby. Right? His, oh, it was. No, dude, this whole opening tour for Bedard is planned. Yeah, that, you like, have opening yeah. against Sid, his idol, 
and then he rolls into Boston for their home opener, then Montreal for their home opener, and then he's got Toronto, Toronto. tonight, yeah. and then he goes into Colorado. Yeah. And then he's got he's Chicago's the, home opener. And against the defending right. Stanley Cup champions, yeah. like Las Vegas Gold. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I legitimately feel bad for the kid. Like, that's a lot. Right. Yeah, those are big marquee matchups, like right out of the gate. Um, but hey, man, he's he's hanging in there, and uh, we'll see what he does tonight against the Maple Leafs. But Austin Matthews has was also named this week the uh, was it the, what do they call it the first star of the week or some shit? Yeah, yeah. the NHL gives it stars of the week. Actually, that's another thing we should probably touch on on another day. But how bad those NHL video games are now? We're like. Remember back in the day when you play an NHL video game and like at the end of the game they'd have like three stars and the guys would like circle around and shit. Mm-hmm. You barely even get like a, a acknowledgement on the end game screen now. It's it's horrible. <laughs> Someone needs to remember the days of NHL 2K and there was competition and they would push each other. Now EA just farts out a game every year and Dude, you used to be able to do the same pony on 2K. Remember that? 2K was awesome. I yeah. used to, I used to only buy at one point only buy 2k games because they were they were cheap too like 29.99 or 19 or whatever it was at the time yeah. it, no, it looks awesome. stretch it better football game yeah <laughs> oh man nfl 2k5 the greatest football game ever made austin matthews first star of the week six goals in two games it sounds stupid when you say it, it that just way. yeah when we say back-to-back sounds like you're like oh that's pretty good when you say six goals in two games it sounds so stupid it sounds like we're talking about NHL 24, the video game. Like we went into the franchise mode, <laughs> edited the Maple Leafs how we saw fit, went in and played some games. And yeah, we scored three goals, both games with Austin Matthews. Like that's what it, it ends up sounding like. Um, there's a couple things that came out of this. Um, one, there was a lot of discussion of how come there's no hats on the ice after Austin Matthews scored his hat trick in the first game and the second game. Um, I think we all know the obvious answer here. And yeah, hats <laughs> I don't know how cost much $50 fucking dollars now at Lids. So there's there's two ways to look at this. One, the people that can feasibly throw their hat onto the ice are in the lower bowl. In the platinum seats or the gold seats, maybe you'd get it from the Reds, but you'd have to really do a real frisbee discus throw to get it on there. You could flick of the wrist. The people in those gold seats and platinum seats, they're not wearing a hat. No, they got hair Because they're not Paul Heyman. They're not walking around in a suit and a ball cap. Everyone in those seats are wearing a fucking suit. Because this is the environment that has been created for this Maple Leafs team. The tickets are so fucking expensive that the only people who can afford them are corporations who buy up rows and give them to their executives. That's it. So when people complain about the, the noise in the building or the hats not coming onto the ice or whatever, this is the byproduct of what the team is. It's not going to change. That's it. I also agree with you, James. Where like, if I'm going to a hockey game and I'm wearing a baseball hat, fuck you guys, I'm going to throw my hat on the ice. This is bullshit. I like this hat. I'm wearing this hat because I want this hat. I feel like Jack Swagger right now. I like this hat. <laughs> Also, you haven't won a cup since 67. I ain't throwing shit unless you're no. guaranteeing delivering it to my house when I'm done. But um, yeah, you also see that 
I feel Austin Matthews is off to a good start of getting really dumb fucking questions from the media. Have you seen the oh, yeah. one where they're like, oh, the building was uh, dead. What'd you think? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I think it was dead. It seemed pretty all right to me, right? And then after the hat trick on Saturday, somebody's like, oh, what were you, what, what point did you, you know, think wrap around on the third goal? He's like, uh, he goes, oh, it's hockey. <laughs> that was his answer. Like, uh, they're like, was well, it before that? I think it was the first game where Steve Simmons asked him, like, I know you didn't have your best game out there, but like, what did you think about this? And he's like, I don't know, Steve. What like, do you want me to tell you, Steve? Like, I scored three fucking goals. Like, what do you want from me, man? <laughs> I just, you know what? I think it's just they try to look for unique. Okay, not Steve Simmons because he's just a piece of shit, but. I think other reporters, there. The obvious question is, dude got a hat trick. He got back to back hat tricks. You know, everyone's gonna ask him, "Hey, how does it feel?" You know, that's pretty crazy. That's a pretty big feat. So I think they try to find something unique, um, and maybe something a little different because they know they're gonna get the soundbite. So why not use your turn to? And I just think it was a terrible, you know, someone's attempt at trying to find a unique question. Um, I like personally, if it was me, I would have been like, "Hey." Back-to-back Hatties, really cool. Celebratory dinner, where are you going for it? Or like, you know, something yeah. weird like that. But um, yeah, to, to Jim's point, that question is fucking stupid because honestly, in those moments, you're not thinking. Yeah, you're just trying all. to get away. <laughs> you're just getting keep yeah, the <laughs> you, you, it's, I, so a buddy of mine who recently in the past couple of years is like learning to play hockey and he, you know, I've gone out with him a few times to, you know, get him on the ice and skate and stuff like that. And he's like, so how do you do this? How do you do this? He's like, I, I, I don't know, man. He was like, well, like, what do you do? I was like, I've never had to really think about it after the age of five. You know, it's, it's habit. It's instinct. It's like breathing. Like, how do you teach someone to breathe? You don't, you just, and it's the same for Matthews, right? I'm sure he probably just goes instinct, goes to the play, says there's an opening here and does what he can. So what do you think? What do you think the Matthews, difference is this year is it he's healthy because last year remember he started off semi-injured like and obviously he's not gonna keep a three goal a game pace um is it you know i got this fat contract now let me show you that i deserve it does this man care about how this team is is going where they're going is it is it the co like the gm what is it like this is is it too early to tell Uh, go ahead dustin I was going to say, it's definitely too early to tell. But if I have to be that guy and dissect this team after two games. You're a Toronto fan. I you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. Minus accent. Um, I, I, but I also will say, uh, as uh, because Maddie sent me the picture of this girl who uh, reached out to Connor Bedard. <laughs> so I, I hope. I hope I that calls her back. No, I, what I'm saying is I hope, and this is something that the league uh, or not the league, something that the teams need to worry about oh, yeah. is like educating their guys of like, okay, you're going to be a star now. And There's shit trapped. like this is going to happen. And you need to understand like, this is probably not a good idea to be involved with this girl. But, yeah. well, see you know, Trevor Bauer. So anyways, I'm just looking at yeah, her OnlyFans. Exactly. I'm just like scrolling through her OnlyFans right now. I'm like, yeah, this is not something I think you <laughs> just openly I'm scrolling because yeah. I'm just so he's, he's he's like, you have to like pay forty dollars for every fucking post, right? I'm not gonna buy any of this shit. I'm just looking through like what she's offering. And 
He's looking it's, at the flyer. Yeah, the it's, a little, it's a little too rich for my blood. Just look, look at the display <laughs> case. Look and see what they got. He's window shopping. Yeah, window Nevertheless, shopping. Um, so what I would say about the Maple Leafs and like Austin Matthews, I think, and I could be wrong, and I, I, <laughs> I don't want to like shit on Kyle Dupas, but I think the changes that Bradtree Living has made so far has made a big impact. Those changes of being like great example of it is um, I don't remember exactly what the play was, but there was a scrum behind the net during I think it was game one. And you saw Matthews in there and Marner in there and Bertuzzi in there. And that was the play where you saw uh, Giordano just jump in. on, And we've seen uh, him do that in previous years, too. Right. Where he just hops on somebody too. like I've never felt like I've seen Matthews and Marner involved in it. They're always kind of stepping back and letting everyone else handle it's almost like it's um because there's i think it's more of just i don't know if peer pressure is the right word or it's uh right contagious like that that anger that playing with an edge is contagious because bertuzzi's playing that way and domi's playing that way and reeves is playing that way and when everyone is playing that way, you feel like you can do it too. We've and if you feel that. like you're not comfortable yeah. doing it, you know you got Bertuzzi watching your back. We've you know, like, so I, I think... is taller when they yeah. know who's around them, right? Oh, when, when Reeves is on the bench saying, hey, don't worry about anybody. Do what you do. I got you. You feel like you get in there and if a guy is coming at you, you're just like, all right, bud, go well, ahead. That's the thing. So in the in the past, I think, and this is ho- like this is some hockey math for everyone who's listening. You you something happens, you get involved. Some guy takes your number, right? You're now worried that this guy is gonna fucking hound you all game. Now you do something, scrum happens, you do something, some guy takes your number. You're not as worried, knowing that if this guy fucking does anything to me, he that guy knows he's fucking toast, because Revo is gonna beat the shit out of him. Right. And I don't want to get to that right away, but you're not, you're like you said, you're not afraid of getting engaged because you know there's a deterrent to the retaliation from you engaging. And that deterrent is on the bench and, and a bunch of other guys. The other yeah. thing I should say quickly before I know we're probably going to move on to in a second give Nylander the bag. Yeah. Give him the 10. I'm, I'm on the train now. I'm back on. I'm like, give Nylander the money. Whatever. So. I, my so own it's bag. been two games, for the record. It's been two games. Give him the money. Give him, give uh-huh. him the 10 milli. My thing was, is similar to where your line of thinking was going with the Dubas thing, I do think a lot of it is what Brad Living has done. I mean, adding some proper culture into that room. I think, though, uh, a big part of it is Dubas leaving. I think he's relatively close in age or, I guess, era of you know, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, those guys, that it was almost like your buddy is running the show and you can get away with a lot and it's all kind of laughs. He's like, hey, man. And then, you know, when you have to have those tough conversations, you're just like, hey, man, come on, you know better than that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. And you'll kind of laugh it off, move on. With a guy like Tre Living in there, it's you have a proper man at the head who says, hey, I will be here for you. I, whatever you guys need and everything we've heard is that he's great communicator he the guys love him and things like that but you also know that the expectations are really high and he doesn't have those 
predisposed relationships or biases that someone like Dubas had. He'd come in and say, these are my expectations. You guys bust your ass and meet them. We're good. If not, we're going to have problems. To that point, though, I think I think it goes even a little further in that, you know, we used to hear Dubas say all the time, uh, our power play is our toughness or blah, blah, blah. I think the mentality of how the team plays comes like top down, right? So Dubas was probably telling these guys, hey, don't engage. Like Sheldon, don't let them engage. Tell them to go away draw penalties, get on the power play, whatever, right? But, like, we all know that that's not how the NHL works. Like, I mean, everybody else but Kyle Dubas seemed to know that that's not how the NHL works because you don't, like, you don't, scrums never create penalties. Like, it's you're, you're basically, it's a it's a positioning and jockeying for, for dominance and you're trying to establish. It's a mental thing. Yes, exactly, right? So, like, how many penalties actually come out of these scrums? In that fucking scrum where, you know, <laughs> Giordano does a full-on suicide dive missile. Into, did he get a penalty? No. That's what I'm saying, right? No. So why are these men skating away all the time? And now it's they're legitimately not. part of the game. That's what I'm saying, right? So I think yeah. Dubas tried to get them away from that stuff. I think and when I said they've been released and unleashed, I think the idea of being engaged on that level of the game is now been opened up to a lot of these guys. Because I'll tell you, and. I don't in in a decade. I haven't seen a Leafs team in scrums like that as often. And you're right, Dustin. You noticed it too. The fact that Matthews and Marner are in on these kinds of post whistle shenanigans is entirely different, and it keeps you locked into the game. Like you're you're oh, now yeah, involved. As fuck. But I I think like you said, it's it's that. But also, it could be something where. You know, as you said, Dubas was kind of relaying that message to them where now Trilliven comes in and goes, I want you guys to play for each other. I want you to play hard and I will provide you with the resources necessary so you don't feel like it's all on you or so you don't feel like, you know, Austin Matthews has to be the Jerome McGinley of this team, who's the pinnacle of all round player. Right. Um, you know, where he's like, if you guys get into that, don't worry. I want you in there. I want you to not get pushed around. I want you guys to stand up for yourself. But know there's a security blanket for all intents and purposes there for you so that you guys cannot look like pushovers and you do stand up for yourself. But then if someone does come knocking, you know, we've got our bouncer at the door. And that bouncer is Ryan Reeves, who, you know, in two games has shown his value in already in two fights. <laughs> and um, hits. Oh, some of the hits he laid over the first two games. I was upset, and I, I understand why, because you can easily manipulate it, and that's probably why it's not available. But I was upset when I looked on FanDuel at the during the Leafs season opener, and I was trying to find a bet for whether there'd be a fight or not. Hmm. And I was ready to throw a, at least a hundred bucks that, like, okay, Ryan Reeves getting a fight tonight. Oh, Toronto Montreal <laughs> season opener. I feel like, and I feel like, I don't know if it was Tucker or Domi or like some old time Leafs veteran said this, where it's like they would tell guys when they come into the organization, like, hey, if you want to be a fan favorite here, first night, first shift, drop your gloves. And these fans will love you this, like for that, that alone. And sure enough, uh, Ryan Reeves gets in a fight in his first game. And well, dummies two people first. Gets the crowd. Yeah, so it wasn't quite... It wasn't quite first shift, but nevertheless, it was. And I, and in the second game, they kind of he got jumped, and he's like, "All right, let's go." <laughs> so, 
Um, Reeves is already proving to be a major uh, asset to this team, and so much so that you've already placed an order for a new sweater, haven't you? Not yet, but I will be. I'll be oh. rocking the DH Gate Revo very, very soon. Uh, not and also because I haven't ordered a, a sweater, a hockey sweater from DH Gate yet, so I feel like this is a good test. But there's nothing more telling than the TikTok of the second game when Matthews had the um, Adam Copeland Toronto Maple Leafs title, and that's what they pass around as like their player of the game or whatever in the room. And he was taking it out of the bag. And everyone's going, keep it, keep it, because the man just got a second hat trick. And he handed it to Ryan Reeves. And he said, you know, to to set the tone. And you can just, you can tell the way this team rallies around that guy is unreal. Number one, he's he's the one uh, letting the guys out from the, the locker room. With it. Like, he's driving the pregame, like, release. And it's up on the video board now. So, like, people see that to start the game, which I think is fucking cool. Uh, the second piece is that he has his little speech, and like he's just he's a fucking hockey guy, man. Like, through and through. He's like, we got Chicago on Monday, then let's get on the fucking road. Like, that's – he's he, the way he approaches the game is is like a traditional like, – like a Hanson brother, <laughs> you know, funnily <laughs> enough. It, it's very, very much like that. So. He's the literal definition of a glue guy. You know, like if you were to look up glue guy in a sports dictionary, you know what you see? You see, I think he's he's our Shorzy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I think what happens is, is when you, like I said, you have a guy like that who said, I'll play your game. I'm willing to put my shit on the line for you. But then also saying not beyond that, like the tough guy things to be like, hey, we're a team. We do everything together or nothing together. When we're on the road, we're all, you know, going out to dinner unless there's a guy who's like, hey, I'm not feeling it or maybe just wants to home read a book. I don't want to get into the Dougie Hamilton shit. But, you know, saying like it's team, no clicks, no nothing. It's all one. Um, And from a guy like that who's willing to back it up every night, it's it's one of those things where you can't help but get involved. So that's the thing, right? So, if a guy, if a guy's standing there on your team and he's willing to literally get punched in the face for you, right. And throw bombs for you. Like he's not out there doing it because like, like I'm, I'm, he knows that's uh, a was what he's good at, but he's not like he's, I guarantee you he's not like, man, like I love this. Or like, there's a part like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he might love it, uh, <laughs> but you, well, you you can remember like how many tournaments were you and me in where I would be laughing on the bench, being like, I, I'm for going sure. At this but team. what I'm saying is like, if a guy's willing to go to literal fight for you, you better skate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you better do what you do well. You better give everything you have, and then a little bit more, because this guy's out here literally ready ready to throw hands for you and the team. You know what I mean? So the, when he throws those big hits, when he fights people, it, it does have an effect because you're like, I can't let this fucking guy down that's now sitting in the box for five minutes because he could just got took four punches in the head and dished well, out six to the other guy. His his hands are cashing the checks that their play in their mouth might be writing, essentially. Right. One of So the six goals in two games from Austin Matthews, hilariously is only half as many goals as a team scored 
in those two games. They scored 12 goals in two games. And the great thing about scoring that many goals in the 2023-2024 season is that we don't have to hear fucking hollow notes ever <laughs> fucking again. Our prayers have been answered. And finally. Kind of. Well, okay, listen. My prayer wasn't specifically, I want Nickelback to be the goal song. My prayer was, give me anything other than hollow notes. I don't care. It can be a song from the fucking Wiggles. I don't care. It just can't be Holland Oats anymore because it's and I've, I've okay. I won't belabor this point because we've been over it a number of times. But the fact is, it wasn't the right vibe. It didn't make people get up and get excited about a goal, and it was embarrassing. I don't care if you like the song, and I don't care if you say, "Oh, I liked it as a goal song." You're wrong in saying that, but you're allowed to have that opinion. The fact of the matter is. Last year, when the Maple Leafs were in San Jose and San Jose kicked the shit out of the Maple Leafs, they were laughing and putting that song on in their room to make fun of the fact that they just whooped the Maple Leafs. Like, oh, we whooped their ass, and now we're going to listen to their fucking easy rock gold song just to make fun of these stupid motherfuckers. This, the rest of the league was laughing at the Maple Leafs because of this goal song. I don't care if the players, I know the players after the game were like, I didn't even notice there was a new goal song. And I don't, I'm not saying they're wrong. What I'm saying is other teams coming into this building know it's a different vibe now. They know it's, ask Roberto Luongo. Ask him if he still has nightmares about fucking Chelsea Dagger. Because I guarantee that motherfucker still wakes up in cold sweats hearing that. He hears that in his goddamn nightmares. And there's a reason for that. And there's it's, it's what you're trying to do is not necessarily set a tone for your team and motivate your team. It's supposed to create a hostile environment for the opposing team. And how many times did Pursuit of Happiness play on the first night? Now, that song's not going to be played ever again because someone finally decided to look at the lyrics and say, oh, we probably shouldn't use this song. That's probably another whole rabbit hole discussion of how stupid this organization is. But there's another song that they start to use. And is it great? No, I don't think it is. But it's not Hollow Notes. And it's something that everyone can rally behind and create havoc for the opposing team. Gentlemen, your thoughts. It's not Hollow Notes. <laughs> that's. <laughs> that's I, I I'm more funny. about than anyone else, but yeah. It made my it's dreams funny. come true. Yeah, every piece of content I've seen is just. I'm too old for this, trying to get into it. <laughs> and it's, you know what I mean? So I don't know, man. Listen, it's like, what it comes down to is you're right. It's not Hollow Notes. Pursuit of Happiness didn't seem like, right either. To be honest, this doesn't seem right either. And at the end of the day, to be honest, like, I, I, if it's not Hollow Notes, then I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, sure. You know, as long as they're scoring goals and I don't have to hear that that same jingle over and over well, especially considering how often this team might score you yeah, know Dustin, you're the <laughs> best line this team's gonna score a lot of goals this team's gonna let in a lot of <laughs> i like i said offense is, at a, is 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 at a peak in october go back for like 10 years and the highest scoring month every season is october by far and it's it's not even close like goals per game overall 
Um, I think the fact though is the way they're scoring some of these goals. It's Nylander driving the net, making a move, going to a tough area, scoring the goal. Um, Matthews wraparounds and also firing from weird angles. So now if you're a goalie, you're kind of like, what the shit's going on? You know, I already had to deal with him shooting from the top of the circle or the slot. Now I got to worry about him from the goal line on the far corner. But I digress. The goal song thing, I get it. I think I I think they should do what Buffalo is doing and each individual player has their own goal song. I think that would be cool. And they say, hey, like something within reason that's not obviously like fuck your mother in the ass and shit like that. Something that is appropriate, then, you know, like, hey, go ahead. But um, I mean, I'm just I'm glad it's different. You know, it's something different. It's not whatever how you felt about Hall Notes, because if they do stick to one goal song after a couple of years, people are going to be like, change it, change it. We're sick of this. Do you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. no, and I get it. Like, I think it's also partly that song is synonymous with an era that didn't win. So it's, it's time to start fresh and do things differently. And it's, it's a little thing. Ultimately at the end of the day, I get it. And we make a lot more big of a deal about it than it actually is. But <laughs> another, another feather that, in the cap of Revo though, because apparently he had a hand in having it changed. Do you, when you think of how they got to the Hall and Oates piece, do you ever think that <laughs> it, <laughs> it was just Dubas in his office being like, guys, hits play on the CD player. He's just like, he's like, what do you think, yeah. guys? The fact that just, it was a, the it was the goal song for so long, I'm convinced, and especially now that everyone's saying it was five years that they've had that goal song, I'm convinced it was a five year contract. Like, I I'm almost willing to guarantee that, and it's probably smart in terms of like the dollars generated. If Brendan Shanahan was like, oh man, I love me some hollow notes. I wonder if they'll be our goal song. And he went out and he sold it. And he said, hey, if you pay us X amount of dollars, we will have this shitty ass song be the goal song every time. So from a business perspective, I can respect that. But I just hate that fucking song so much. So I I just... Did you hate it right away? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Okay. Like, I was cool with it for the first half of the first season. And then after a while... I was just like, I mean, it's not really a sporty, upbeat thing that you would want to no. hear. Not at all. At least they didn't use your kisses on my lips. <laughs> Look, there's a lot of songs they could have used. Um, I'm just glad the the horror is over. We can we can move on with our lives. We can do other more important things, like, for example, visiting our sponsor's website. Because this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video game. Video games, I should say. <laughs> Sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram. Send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. A lot of people are ordering 
pride tape, actually, as uh, the NHL has changed the mandate, I suppose, of what is allowed to be worn during warm-up. And last year, there's a whole thing of wearing not just the pride tape in general. And I know this story is going to be like covered as pride tape. There's a lot of things that the NHL has outlawed now for warm-up. And last year, there was such a big conversation around wearing pride-related sweaters or whether it was a patch on the sweater or the logo had a rainbow-inspired design. And there was like the, the clip of Eric Stahl who said, I've never done it and I never will do it. And there's clearly video evidence of him doing it, which is pretty fucking hilarious. But look, I, I think the point here is two, two major things here. One, the NHL outline so it's not even like saying look we're not going to force people to do it anymore which i guess technically never forced anyone to do it but it was always like clearly apparent who wasn't doing it and it created noise so that's the noise they're trying to get away from so they said fuck it no one's allowed to do it now nothing is going to be allowed to be worn at warm-up unless it is your regular approved league or team apparel for warm-up so I think it's important to note, and I don't know if enough people are talking about this because everyone's sticking with the pride thing. And yes, I agree that it's, it's, it's a step in the wrong direction. However, it's also important to note that it's not just pride related things. It's any theme night, period. So your hockey fights cancer night, guys will not be using purple tape on their stick. They will not be wearing purple warm up jerseys. On the military nights, no camo tape and no camo sweaters. That, I feel like, is an important thing to note because I feel like there is the type of person who is, like, super hardcore against the pride community typically is, like, the super pro-military community. I, I don't know if I'm, like, overgeneralizing, but I think of the Venn diagram of the people who don't support pride are very supportive of the military. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. So I think the messaging of the outrage should also be bucketing those things in of saying, look, it's not just this pride issue. The NHL is also saying, fuck the military. <laughs> it's like if we can paint it one way and saying the NHL is uh, taking a step back in hockey is for everyone. We also have to be able to say the NHL is saying they don't support the military anymore because we're, we're taking two things that are. We're blowing things out of proportion to prove our point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And if we're going to talk about this, then fair is fair, right? So I think the way I see it, if hockey is for everyone, then in a weird way, did they make the right call by saying this is, it's just hockey and hockey is for everyone and it's just hockey, nothing else. It's hockey, it's for everyone. I'm not saying I agree with it or I don't. I'm just saying is that – like, can we equate those two concepts, right? I don't know. Um, if they're going to take away the pride tape stuff, which I didn't agree with, um, they better damn well have taken away everything else. That's right. just in my mind says, and that's what I mean. Like, at least, at least everybody is being treated fairly under this. And maybe that's the conclusion they came to. The only way to treat everyone fairly is to not do it. You know, and I'm kind of torn on that, right? Because, like I said, in my head, I think 
hey, like, this is, you know, like I said, now just hockey, which means there's no limitations. Military night, if you don't agree with military activity, then buy in whatever you're you're kind of excluded, right? Like, if you don't support military stuff, then military night you're being kind of excluded from, are you not? Like, am I reading that incorrectly? Pride night, if you don't agree with pride stuff, then you would feel like you're being excluded on that night. True? Well, yeah, like I think a great example of this, and they wouldn't have had this context when they made this decision. But if you look at the the turmoil between the Palestinians and the Israelis right now, like you can suggest that uh, the military support that the United States have shown to the Israelis is discriminating against Palestinian people who may be hockey fans. So like I can, because you can equate or put a a message onto an image and it makes sense to you, but it doesn't make sense to someone else. Like a great example is a Confederate flag. The Confederate flag was supposed to represent the Southern Confederacy during a civil war. But now if you look at a Confederate flag, you probably think Nazi and you probably think they're racist. Like the meaning has changed in such a dramatic way because people view things differently and you attach meaning to things the way you want to, right? So I can see someone or the looking way the at concept a concept and the application of said image has been represented in society. Like, you know, um, maybe not how you want to, but how it's been, how the connotation has changed with how it's being used. Right. So in terms of the military, I can see definitely people looking at a military sweater and saying, I don't know if I like this. Um, even though the messaging is probably supposed to be wholesome, right? right? It's supposed to be patriotic. It's supposed to be, hey, Supporting we love our country. People who right? give their lives for yes, country, which that, and I don't think any of us here are saying that it's not. See, that's such a tough line to walk. Like, we're not, it's not saying that it's not for us, but not all military activity is great. Like, I think it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to discern those two concepts. Yeah. So another great example is people who said, you know, we support our, our police officers or whatever the fuck, whatever the movement was, the blue line bullshit or whatever. Um, in theory, in, in plain English, um, that sounds reasonable to say, yeah, like these police officers protect yeah, us like and, no duh, right? and we support them. But at the same time, when they're murdering uh, guys like George Floyd, it sounds racist when you say stuff like that. So it it's all context, right? And it's all how it's attributed in that moment in society. So I get that people are upset about losing the pride tape thing. But we also have to consider that they're losing everything. And they're saying, you know what? Let's just not for any. You can't provide context. And that's the problem. Like you can't you can't provide context for everyone in those situations. And maybe the world just isn't at a point where they can handle those types of things right now. You know? Because where's the line? Right? Because because when this originally came out, my thought was, well, why are you telling them they can't? You can probably like I I I'm just thinking I'm I'm expressing what I was thinking when I first read the story. I was thinking like, well, why not just say that if the player wants to use pride tape, use whatever the fuck you want. Like, you want to use green tape in your support of, like, 
exploring Mars as a new planet, then sure. Like whatever, like whatever the tape is and meaning to you, like do whatever you want, man. Like, I don't give a fuck. It's warm up. Who gives a shit? But then you probably cross into the territory of, well, then guys are going to do maybe some left field shit that probably isn't cool. Like Nazi and tape. Maybe. Or, or another great example of someone saying, hey, uh, I support Palestine. We're like, is totally fine if you're a Palestinian person and is totally fine if like the way you intend it is saying, I support the people who are being murdered in this country. Someone else may look at it as saying, do you support the terrorist group Hamas? It's like, of course, fucking I don't. But like, so the other person like yeah. is in a Palestinian. They're interpreting it differently. Hamas, and Hamas doesn't equal a Palestinian. Right. right. Like, but you can interpret these things incorrectly. So I understand where they're coming from now of saying, yeah. you know what? We meant well, but it's not. The message isn't coming out well. Matt, you've been quiet. I want to hear your opinion. No, honestly, my opinion is it's all or nothing. It's either you do what they did and said we're not, nothing can be done, or you say everything is on the table, right? And as you guys said, it's a hard balance. It's a hard line to walk or tread. And, you know, <clears throat> I think the whole thing of saying you're not allowed to is dumb. I think it said, hey, we're not going to be doing these nights if players so feel, choose to feel or wear tape or whatever that's their prerogative um but i just think you can't pick and choose you know if you're outraged about saying well now everything but i want military night still supported on this it's then you have to be okay with pride night and you have to be okay with first nations appreciation and you know reflections you know in the times that they do those and you have to be okay with Anything else they decide to do, you can't say you're okay with one but not the other and be exclusory to one but promote another. So, I mean, I think – and let, let's be real here. We all obviously support, you know, the pride movement here. We all support – and we've kind of gone on that ad nauseum uh, to, you know, when there was a lot of issues with it previously and a lot of – you know, negativity surrounding it sometimes with certain players. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't envy the position the NHL was in. It's, you know, they make a lot of wrong decisions sometimes. Um, they do a lot of stupid things sometimes. But I think this is one where they were like, well, you kind of throw up your hands like, well, what do we fucking do, right? You know, it's, it gets to a point where, a lot of the good that is done through players and the pride nights and things like that, it's taken away by the guys that don't support it, like the stalls or whoever. And, you know, then all of a sudden something that should be like a positive step forward or a positive night is now turned into one with, um, you know, a blemish on it because you have one or two idiots that, Specifically the stalls that piss me off the most, as you said, because of the hypocrisy. But like, you know, it's just, it's, they're not in a good position with this. And so at that point, it's, you know what? I just think, like I said, is saying the verbiage of they're not allowed to was wrong. It should have been like, we're not going to do these. If teams decide they want to, or if players decide they want to, more power to them. 
but it's not going to be in an association with the overall league mandate. It, it kind of reminds me of Jurassic Park. Now, <laughs> follow me on this one. There is there is a line that Jeff Goldblum Clever had in Darrow. that movie. Life finds a way. Um, no, not that's probably the we most iconic so line from Jeff. We're Goldblum. so obsessed we can. We didn't stop to think if we should. Right. So that's the vibe I'm kind of getting from this conversation of we. I think the NHL and a lot of sports leagues and like everyone really like this whole pride acceptance thing has been tried to be pushed forward, whether right or wrong. My point is everyone's been so concerned of like how to do it and can we do it? And no one really thought of like, should we even do this? Because ultimate, ultimate this acceptance is, all, is just, it is what it is. I, I don't know. I just, I just think that it's okay to have differencing opinions. You, you, you can be wrong. Just like the, just like the Maple Leafs goal song. You are wrong, sir. In liking hollow notes, but it's okay if you like that song and it's okay if you, so as long as you're not hurting anybody, like I don't have a, about it. Yeah. Like you, you can, you can look me in the face and say, you don't support uh, homosexual people. And I'm going to say you're wrong, but that's your opinion. You are entitled to have it. And as long as you're not hurting anybody and doing it, I don't yeah. think it should be a problem. They don't turn around and punch a gay dude. Right. Like, right. So yeah. in all the criticism that so many players got, last year i can see the argument of why are we like we're we're dividing our audience when we're trying to unite them Mm -hmm. so anyways it's it's obviously a long and deep conversation a lot of different ways it can go and i'm not saying listen as long as the message isn't interpreted as you know if you're gay you're no longer welcome because i don't think that's what it they i hope that narrative isn't getting created by what's happened here no, because but you know, it's getting created by people that want to push that narrative. I like on the outside. As someone who <clears throat> played the game 100% of their life, I can astutely say from my perspective, the game belongs to you just as much as it does me. So I, hope, I agree. I hope that yep. that message doesn't get convoluted. One last thing before we go. I just want to also acknowledge this of like, let's hypothetically say a, uh, a Toronto Maple Leafs rainbow inspired logo that's on a hat we'll say we'll say it's a hat chapeau for our wouldn't it be in theory more inclusive if this chapeau uh were to have no differences there's only one logo that's it if you're if you support hockey and you support the maple leaves you wear the one hat that everyone else wears you don't have to wear the hat that says i'm a homosexual you you just you just wear the hat that the team represents, and we're all on this team, whether you are homosexual or not, or whether you're bi or not, or whether you're whatever. Like we all just wear the same hat because we're all in the same community. It's kind of what I was. But maybe that's too forward thinking, and maybe that's right. too oversimplification simplifying too the issue. It's yeah, like we're, we're way down the rabbit hole of like I'm just I don't know. I, I just no, think I think, probably, I think what you're what you're talking about is the overall end game of where. It doesn't need to have these things. It doesn't need to be the movement all the time because we're in a place where they're no longer required. Everyone's chill. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like I said, I think what you're thinking of, while is the hope and what the ideal end state is, is 
not where we and are That's what today, I kind of meant by what I think the NHL's goal here was, right? <clears throat> Is that yeah. at the end of the day, it's yeah. just hockey. And hopefully that that part sticks and we don't read into it as a, a slight against the community. Right? And I also am very aware that we are sitting here as three heterosexual men having this yeah. conversation. So I'm, I am a hundred, like I get the optics of this conversation and I'm sure there are valid arguments to be made that oppose ours. So let's just acknowledge well, that as well. <laughs> I would also say too, it's very easy that ours comes off as platitudes and in, in lip service because we don't truly understand. Like we can, you know, have ideas we can, you know, from the perspective and the desk of the hetero white guy. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> well, two right. hetero white guys. Yeah. But um, it's, it, it's very easy to come across that. What we're saying is just being either PC or whatever, but we'll never truly understand, you know, being someone who doesn't feel comfortable in a room because of what, their fear is of the team around them but we can say from our experience on the other side that if it was in and i can say this with full confidence if it was ever any room i was a part of that someone was like that i would say there should be no fear and we can say that as much as we want but we we don't know the mindset either but i can only say from my end is to say that everyone in any room i've ever been in is welcome and yeah and i have i've had the actions to back it up i don't know dustin if you remember i threw that guy out for at smash once for using homophobic slurs at the phoenix i i kicked his ass out so um i'll i'll, I'll back my words up with actions we also back up what we say in terms of nfl picks because listen it's been boys? It's been three weeks in a row that this program, 43.6, has given you a perfect winning parlay. Shocking after this weekend, considering how some of those games went. Yeah, seriously, Maddie. Like, considering all the upsets that happened this weekend. Oh, how many survivors with... do you think are left in survivor pools around the world? Like, Dude, five? I'm in the Relics survivor pool where the winner gets a box of immaculate collegiate football cards and i am alive because i took some dicey teams at the beginning of this survival pool survived and now i have my pick of the bills the 49ers the dolphins oh, i still have them so many people were hanging on the those niners this, this week yeah and i was scared Anyways, shitless so last night a suicide slash survival pool is technically what we're doing for our weekly picks so every week James, Maddie, and myself will give you a what we think is a surefire bet, a surefire winner uh, for this upcoming week's schedule. And last week, just May like not win you a lot of money. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not saying you're gonna make money out of doing this. Um, I placed a five dollar bet. I, I placed a five dollar bet on our, our picks this past week, and I won three dollars. Eight, eight. Well, it was three dollars. Like three dollar net positive. But like the money I got back was eight dollars thirty something cents. So, yeah, I was up three bucks Smooth. on that particular bet. 
And you could be too if you uh, listen to our advice, not uh, real gambling advice. Please don't take our advice as real gambling advice. If you have a problem, uh, reach out to those people who uh, you know specialize in those sort of things. We are not sponsored by FanDuel yet. However, uh, my pick was the Chiefs over the Broncos, which of course paid. Uh, James picked the Rams over the Cards, which of course paid. And Maddie picked the Bills over the Giants, which was dicey at one oh, yeah. point. I don't know what the fuck was going on with the Bills. We'll get into that in a second. And arguably but, shouldn't have happened because the, that hold call at the end of the game. The updated standings. Uh, James has been correct, obviously, three weeks in a row because we have uh, had perfect parlays in the past three weeks. That brings James' total up to three. Correct. <laughs> three correct uh, guesses so far. Maddie has only missed one in week two. He has five points through th- uh, through six weeks. And I am perfect uh, so far this season. Uh, six for six. So I am leading thus far uh, with a score of six to five to three. We'll uh, unveil our week seven picks in a moment. But we just want to quickly run through some of the things that happened in week Six that is jumping out to us. Of course, we're recording on Monday night, so we do not know the results of the Monday nighter just yet, which of course is the Cowboys and the Chargers, which would be an interesting game because the Cowboys look like poo-poo right now. Um, the Thursday night was the Chiefs over the Broncos, and that was uh, a little strange, to be honest. Um, it was a Taylor Swift game, so everyone was very excited. To see Taylor shit. Swift show up again in uh, Arrowhead, yeah. she and Brittany Mahomes, they and also also Swift seen holding them. hands with uh, Travis Kelsey uh, yes. walking out of the game. So Leave so we've upgraded. Holding. You know, she's gonna be holding something else later. Levels, there's <laughs> levels to this. It's the first base. Yeah, it was uh, like week one. She was getting snuck out into Dude. like a large refrigerator. So this man's putting in so much work. He's bringing her to games and whatever. She just has to breathe. <laughs> this man's out there scoring touchdowns. <laughs> I know, eh? Like, just talk about, talk about, could you imagine? She's like, well, you know, I, I can't, you know, the girls where it's like, he's this as a profession. Yeah, well, you're only the best tight end to ever play the game. I mean, yeah. you're not even the quarterback. What's, what is a tight end anyway? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? like, you're not the QB. You're not the wide receiver. Yeah. You're a tight end, though. Or, you know what? You only scored one touchdown. It'd be real. You, I might consider holding your hand if you scored two well for the record kelsey didn't score a touchdown in this game yeah. but he did have nine interceptions for 124 yards so he had a hell of a game I, it's funny like i'm looking at the espn blurb of like the the recap blurb and like the first sentence just says mahomes throws td pass kelsey has big game with swift watching again as chiefs beat broncos 19 to 8 like motherfuckers just part the, it's part of the uh the narrative now yeah it's, yeah it's part of the lore the NFL wants it, right? Because it's the more attention and more ratings and more, you know, fans. all that bullshit. They've opened but, it up to yeah. a whole new segment of fans, right? Anyway. And I, they are uh, fiercely loyal, our Taylor Swift fans. Oh, yeah. Wait wait till they break up. Oh, <laughs> the oh I can't wait. World oh, man. It's like the roller coaster ride has only begun, yeah. folks. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. The Sunday games kicked off. In London, uh, the last game in London this season. I think the next international game is going to be in uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Yep. I think it's surprisingly. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't remember who's playing that game, but it could be. You're right. You're possibly right. Um, this one surprisingly did not feature the Tony Khan, Tony Khans. Uh, it did feature the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. Unfortunately, the Ravens did win that game, even though Lamar Jackson was not great. 
Poo poo. And uh, but you know what? It doesn't matter. Ravens got the win, and uh, we can move on from there. Uh, the Commanders Falcons. I don't think anyone cares about that game. No. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Vikings and Bears. This was an interesting one, just because fucking Justin Fields had to get hurt, didn't he? Oh. Just and he gets hurt in his hand. I'm like, okay, hands not that big of a deal. Oh, his right hand. Okay, well, that's a throwing. Don't those teams stink. <laughs> they stink. Kirk Cousins needs to get out of there because, like, honestly, I legitimately think you put him on a team that has some good resources around him, he'd do so much better. And I'm not saying Justin Jefferson, obviously, is not a good resource, but man, you put him on a team with a solid defense that can prevent points and more than just one wide receiver to work with, and that dude probably has a bowl. We've seen some really bad plays from the Vikings defense this year, but even that wasn't enough to have the Bears score on them, so... That's a good indication of how bad the Bears are. Yeah. Yeah. Seahawks and Bengals was a. Ooh. It was different because there were some things going on here. Like DK Metcalf at times in this game was wide open and just was not getting the ball. Yeah. And he was visibly upset about that a number of times, as he should be. I'm not criticizing Metcalf. I'm like, I, I can see his point. Like, hey, man, I'm over here. Yeah, I'm a top I'm the best player on the team. Throw me the fucking game. ball. Yeah. The worst, the worst is like when the images are, it's not just like, here's one instance of this. There's a whole highlight reel of plays where he's wide open. Yeah, talk about watching the tape. And he was open here. And he was open here. And he's open here. The Bengals are heating up, though. Even though, like, it, I don't think their offense really shine, shined in this game. I watched NFL Red Zone, and every time they switched to the Bengals, it was Burrow getting sacked. Like it, was, oh, yeah. it was so like that o-line i i complain about the jets o-line i'm i'm happy we don't have the bengals o-line it is atrocious mm-hmm. something that was absolutely atrocious was watching the cleveland browns win a game and not only did they win a game they beat arguably one of the best teams in football the best team that we've watched in quite some time like i don't know if i've I don't know if I've seen Brock Purdy lose a game lately. <laughs> like, it's been a long time. He didn't. He hasn't. That was the first game he's yeah. lost. Okay, so it was his first one. Like, I, I just think I don't remember. I've seen one. Um, and not to mention that uh, Deshaun Watson didn't play in this game, which was Walker. a whole conversation this week. Yeah, P.J. Walker did start this game uh, and played well enough. Wasn't that Justin Credible's name? Yes. <laughs> I think it is, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was P.J. Polanco. No, but didn't he go by PJ Walker at one point? Maybe. I think he did. Hmm. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, so there was criticism all week of whether Deshaun Watson was going to play in this game. And the memes coming out was hilarious. I don't know if you saw any of these, but I know I always mention this, like my favorite tweet of the week has to go to the guy who posted the video of like, Late two or like early two thousands WCW where Kevin Nash is in the wheelchair with the leg out, like the leg in the cast, yeah. and he's in a blanket over him, and he takes the blanket off to reveal that his leg actually isn't in the cast. He's totally fine. It was like here's Deshaun Watson after missing the game against the Forty ers Like I'm healed. <laughs> I'll, I'll be back next week. No problem. And I'm not necessarily saying Deshaun Watson's faking an injury. I'm just saying it's funny. That's all I'm saying. But poor Niners now. McCaffrey went out with an oblique injury and Debo's out. Yeah, yeah that's a good, thank you for bringing that up because I totally forgot about that, actually. Um, 
the boys are going to be some scrambling people on the waiver wire in their fantasy league this week if you oh, lose Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel. Yeah, because the IR rules where it's four games minimum, right? So if they put any either one of those on the IR, you know four weeks you're not getting them. Yeah, and as of recording, we don't know the extent of the injuries to either of those guys. Like, obviously, they left the game and didn't come back. But until we get, like, the injury reports on Tuesday, like, we won't really know uh, how bad this is and whether these guys are destined for the IR or not. But something to keep an eye on, for sure, because whoever gets that starting role at running back in San Francisco probably will provide you some fantasy points. Probably. A team that regularly provides... Fantasy points is the Miami Dolphins, who again on this event on this uh, particular day put up 42 points. Tyreek Hill with 163 yards and a touchdown, and that's when Tyreek even like he left the game with an injury. Now it was just a cramp, but my point is that like, he didn't get his regular snap count that he normally does, and he still put up 163 yards. Like he's scary close to a thousand yards or a yeah a thousand yards in the season, and he hasn't like he hasn't played half the, the year yet. Also, oh, short shout-out to Raheem Mostert for single-handedly beating my brother in fantasy this week. Fuck off. Raheem Mostert, 115 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that, that'll Three do touchdowns because one of them was receiving. Oh, right. I'm looking at just his rushing stats here. Oh, trust me. It's staring me in the face all Sunday. <laughs> I was not happy. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to lose this week, too. It's just... It's, it's hilarious how I have... I'm in two fantasy leagues. One, I'm five and one and like the best team in the league. And the other one, I'm one and five and I'm the worst team in the league. It's just like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> the, wor- the worst was at one point, I was like 85% to win. And then uh, Cooper Cup decided to take the field. Yeah, and sure did. That dude went off and got so on Mostert and Cup, Jimmy had like 65 points. Cooper Cup was a seven receptions for 148 yards and a touchdown. The Rams took down the Cardinals as we expected they would. One of the things um, that was uh, interesting in this game was that Puka Nakua was like MIA. So when Cup first came back, it was like, okay, so there's probably a world where both these guys can still exist. This is Cooper Cup's team, man. Like, it doesn't matter. Cooper Cup is going to take over when he is 100% healthy. And I think he's now finally 100% healthy. Someone who's also 100% healthy, uh, who plays for the Tony Khan, Tony Khans, is Travis Etienne. My Christ. That guy just was scoring touchdowns as much as he wanted. Gardner Minshew has proven he is not it. And three interceptions will do that. <laughs> I That was one of the, the shrewd moves that I made this this past week when I picked up the Jacksonville defense because I'm like, well, Gardner Minshew is due for at least a couple picks, and I got three out of it. So that worked out wonderfully. Uh, Texans and Saints, I don't know if anyone cared about this game. We can probably skip right over that one. I mean, the only hey, thing I would say is CJ Stroud, man. The Texans are real, dude. The Texans are yeah. good. Are they? They're a good team. Mm. They're not great. They're good. They're three and three. If they are three and three. I'll give you that. They're a good team. Okay. They And you know what? Give them a couple of years. They're going to be a very good team. Okay, I think we can all agree not a good team is New England Patriots, who lost yet again. They are now 1-5 on the season. And not only did they lost, they lost to the Raiders. Mac Jones is not good. No. Dude, I saw a post the other day of this kid. He pulled the Mac Jones 1 of 1 black prism card. And when he pulled it, he sold it for $100,000. What do you think that card is worth today? Maybe 10, 10 15 bucks. <laughs> like, there's no way that card is worth anything. And... You know, quick question to you guys in the middle of this rundown. If you're Belichick, 
do you leave if you're the Pats? Do you turf Belichick? Like, no, because it, honestly, it could mean they get Caleb Williams. And if you're Belichick know, getting the shot at someone like Caleb Williams, or do you think that man leaves? That man's like a hundred. Do you think he leaves at the end of the season? Well, he probably is doing this because he's got time to kill. He's got no girlfriend. I think most head coaches don't have a lot of rope when you're one in five, but I think Belichick will have the longest rope of anyone ever for a one in five season. So it's not totally lost yet. Sure. They'll have to figure things out quick, but yeah, it's not Is looking it good. Bailey Zappi or Malik Cunningham time? It's something. See what you have in the tank. Mac Jones clearly not working out for you. See what else you got on the bench there. A team where everything is just working out for them. They're three and zero on the road, five and one on the season. The Detroit Lions are looking real good. However, Montgomery may be hurt, so keep that in mind as we uh, get the injury report this week. Jameer Gibbs is hurt. He sure is. So the Lions may all of a sudden be in their third string running back situation. Which is probably just means that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to get more than the 12 receptions he got last, this past week. 12 receptions, 124 yards, and a touchdown for Amon Ross St. Brown. And Jamison Williams woke up. He heard it. And then, I saved this for the last, well, a second last, because I'm trying to go in order of like when the games happened. This was probably the most important 4 o'clock game. Um, this was the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles against the team that everyone had written off because their starting quarterback blew out his Achilles. James, go ahead. Long story short, the Jets are going to the Super Bowl. That's a promise. <laughs> I don't even know what the audio is from. It's Saturday Night Live. It was uh, Timothy Chalamet and Pete Davidson okay. doing the Jets uh, skit. Okay now, that, okay, now I remember seeing that. Okay. Yeah, so the New York Jets somehow, someway, probably because they have really good defense, but somehow, someway, found a way to beat the Philadelphia Eagles who haven't lost a game in some time. Like Even if you date back to last year, they were on a run near the end of the season. Jalen Hurts couldn't be stopped. He was superhuman. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I could look this up in a matter of seconds, but do you guys know the last... And I don't know the answer to this, but... When was the last time Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions? Like it's just, I don't know. He well, hasn't last time been that guy. Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions to a team where their two main backfield guys were out, right? In DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner. So, I mean, just goes to show you the the depth of the Jets defense. And I mean, I'm gonna say this: there is, I don't, I don't believe in like a lot of voodoo or anything like that, or like magic or crystals, or energy, or anything like that. But there is something going on with having Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. Like, there is something, I don't know what it is, man. That dude has uh, a, a weird presence on that team, you know, where, like, I don't know if it's the Ryan Reeves thing where you just want to you want to play for the guy and whatever, and he's made that much of an impact on them. But that dude was on the side. That dude was throwing a ball before the game on the on the field. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, that man Easy. is a lunatic. You're nothing if not hopeful. 
The last time that Jalen Hurts threw three interceptions was November 28th, 2021. Also, how many interceptions did Zach Wilson throw that game? I think you already know the answer to that. I feel like that's a rhetorical question. It's zero, sir. It's also the only the second time in Jalen Hurts' career where he's thrown three interceptions. Listen, a good defense can take you a long way. The Jets' offense just needs to be average for them. They just need to not give up drives. You know, and right now, that like the thing that they're all saying, and I noticed there's a very cohesive message out of their press conferences after the games, and that's Robert Sala and Zach Wilson both said it. The offense is this close. And I feel like that's true. They're this close to clicking. Like, Brees Hall has looked increasingly increasingly better every game. They're balancing the offense better every game. They were trying to get McCole Hardman involved. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson is still getting looks. Randall Cobb had a great catch last game. Like, it's it's this fucking close. Let me ask you then. Um, now that they're three and three, I guess I have two questions for you. Do you th- did you think when Aaron Rodgers got hurt that by week seven the Jets would be three and three? No, because they have an no. atrocious schedule. Like they're like think about it. They had, they had to run into the Chiefs and they played the Chiefs well. For all intents and purposes, they should have beaten the Pats. Like that was kind of embarrassing. They really should be four and two. Uh, and then the Eagles game. To be honest, I actually didn't. I didn't think they would win. I thought they'd be competitive because they've been competitive most games. They've been competitive every game except the Pats game and the Dallas game. They got destroyed by well, Micah Parsons. So yeah, I mean. And the schedule ahead is is just not any any better for them. So they're like Zach Wilson's gonna have to have some big boy throws and some big boy plays real soon. But if they are as close as they believe they are, then in the words of that kid from Angels in the Outfield, it could happen. <laughs> Joseph Gordon Levitt? No, it was the other kid. Oh, it's the Yeah. And also, now that they're three and three. Do you still see them potentially getting a quarterback? Like we talked about Kirk Cousins, we're talking about getting him out of Minnesota. No, Do you no. think with the record they have now that they're giving up on Zach Wilson or they're going to stick with him? No. I think honestly the you know the the again, I'm not in that locker room, but that team at least from all the photos and reactions and everything, it seems they've all really embraced each other. And I think part of that is is Aaron defending Zach. I think Aaron likes Zach. Um, and I think it's him teaching the team how to rally together and, you know, and not throw anyone under a bus. Because you remember, there was that game where, you know, what's-his-nuts was arguing on the side. Was it Michael Carter was arguing on the sideline and Garrett Wilson was arguing with Zach. And then Aaron came out and said some shit to the team. And then... Somebody said something in the media, and then Aaron got mad again. Rogers was like, stop saying stuff from the locker room out into the media. And since then, everything has seemed hunky-dory. Again, I don't... Dude, the guy the guy is something else. And again, if, if anything, he's a, very apparent he's an incredible leader. 
And if he's going to be on the sidelines now, that's whew, that's just another another piece of support for that team and that offense. So, I mean, I what's what's their schedule look like coming up? They got to play the Dolphins next. They're into the bye, but then they got to play the Dolphins, right? No, they play who do they play? They play the Giants next, which is okay. They should beat the Giants. Then they got to play the Chargers. That might be a tall task. And then the Raiders, they might be okay. Then the Bills. They get a so bit yeah, of a break I don't know, in their man. schedule playing ant teams, but then they go right into it to finish the season. Yeah, like and then they play the Falcons, and then I think it's a it's a mad dash towards the end of the year. So we'll see. Yeah, they got to play the Dolphins twice still. So they're, they're going to be in tough, but there's winnable games. Like the Falcons, they play the Texans, they play the Raiders, they play, the, I mean, conceivably they could beat the Chargers, they play the Jets, or the Pats again. So yeah, actually, I mean, they could end up with a winning record. A team that also will likely have a winning record, although <laughs> it, it makes you wonder after seeing that performance, but... The Buffalo Bills did manage to beat the New York Giants on Sunday Night Football, but, oh boy, that was an ugly one. Now, to be fair, I didn't watch a lot of this game because I was at the Raptors game, but after the Raptors game, we went to Real Sports across the street, RS, not sponsored by us, but I do like RS. Um, and every time I looked up at the scoreboard, I'm like, what's going on in this game? Like, it's it's 3 nothing Giants. It's weird. And I look up later, I'm like, it's six nothing Giants is halftime. What the fuck is going on? And then the Bills finally found a way to score a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter to win the game. But not exactly inspiring confidence, is it? Bills are frauds. Like they had the one really breakout game against the Dolphins and really kept it. But the thing is, is I think what's going to kill the Bills is their defense, realistically. Because even against the Dolphins, their defense wasn't great. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah, sure, they put up 40-something points on on the Dolphins. But again, game one, lose to the Jets when they're rattled. Which, yeah, cool. Wilson came in, finished the game great. But that's a game that they should have taken advantage of. The emotional state of the Jets and everything going on. That they should have pounded the Jets in the ground and didn't. Um, now so close to the giants and not really putting up a lot of points. And it's, you know, I just think the bills are getting exposed showing that they don't have a consistent run game. Um, and now it's all on cook because I think Harris is hurt and he's out for a bit. Carted off. Um, yep. And then Diggs is your really only downfield weapon that, you know, all you have to do is really kind of protect that deep game and, you know, kind of good line and Allen's not going to run. Run game's inconsistent with the backs that it's, you know, it's shown that they don't have much. And we know that his decision-making is suspect at times because he forces the play a lot. So I feel like if you have a decent pass rush, you know, you're yeah. going you're gonna to put him under duress and he's going to make some of those brutal decisions. So... 
I don't know. We'll see. The Bills feel kind of like the Maple Leafs. <laughs> I can see that comparison. Really good until they're not. Looking ahead at week seven, of course, we're going to have to throw out our picks. Now, I don't know who goes first here. Uh, I think if it's you. you. Jimmy Perfect. went first last week. If you recall what we're doing, we're doing a parlay for you to put together. Again, not official betting advice. Not sponsored by FanDuel. And the idea is that we're doing it survivor style in that once I pick anyone i should say once anyone picks a team you can't pick them again and we can't obviously pick the same team in the same week so i have already used the commanders i've used the dolphins i've used the bills i've used the eagles i've used the lions and i've used the chiefs so this week i'm going to go with the seattle seahawks in seattle that was my pick taking on the arizona cardinals uh, the Seahawks are currently favored by seven and a half, according to FanDuel at the time of recording. That strikes me as a sneaky Cardinals game. Maybe. But they don't have their running backs on. Maddie, I think you're next then. Oh, wait, wait. So who have I picked? Maddie's already picked the Tony Khan, Tony Khans, the Cleveland Browns, the Miami Dolphins, Dallas Cowboys. Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills. I think this week I'm going to take the Niners. I was the other one I was eyeing up. The Uh, the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football are going to be taking on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. But nevertheless, uh, Minnesota is trash in San Francisco Probably got their one loss this year out of the way already. So I like that pick. They are favored only by seven, though. So interesting. I think that's the McCaffrey and Samuel injuries. But right. And I think uh, later in the week, we might find that seven grow if McCaffrey and Samuel are able to suit up. Well, they said uh, McCaffrey is good signs and Debo's day to day. 49ers over Vikings for Maddie. Uh, James, up to you. Who have I taken? James, so far this year, you have taken the Minnesota Vikings. You've taken the LA Chargers. You have taken the Tony Khan, Tony Khans. You have taken the Kansas City Chiefs. You've taken the New York Jets. And you've taken the LA Rams. So you have a lot of good teams that you can still go with. And I'm going to go with none of them. I'm taking. Oh, you're going to take a bad team. Okay. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. Oh, brother. Okay. Cleveland Ooh, Browns are in Indianapolis. However, they are a two and a half point favorite. He doesn't believe in Minshew Mania. This dude is spouting Minshew Mania for weeks and now. Listen, I watched the end of that game. <laughs> Minshew Mania is over. <laughs> Minshew dude, Mania uh, is over. Uh, yeah, no, I'll take the Browns. I mean, I was going to be like, who's playing the Panthers? And I saw the Panthers were on a bye week. Um, and I just think that, you know, the Colts are in a little bit of disarray. You know, Zach Moss was playing just fine. And then Jonathan Taylor shows up. And then, you know, although Mitch threw some nice throws. And Alec Pierce made some – is that his name, Alec Pierce? He made some wicked catches. Um, it's one of the – I think he's a receiver. I was watching Red Zone. But <laughs> I just – I don't know. Uh, if you take the 
Seattle pick, the Browns pick, and the 49ers pick, and you throw that into a parlay, it's a, you know, I threw five bucks on there and it's showing me a, a, a potential win of $9.93. So, you know, you can double money. Now, I'm not saying you week. should be gambling. I'm not saying you should do any of those things. I'm just saying if you go with that pick, and we have been right three weeks in a row now, it probably means we're due for a loss. But <laughs> uh, you, here's an opportunity for you to double your money. Uh, speaking of opportunity, um, I know you guys have it up. Any of those games to you jumps out at you and say there might be some value. I have one that I'm looking at. I, I think we may all see this one. Maybe not. I got to I got to pull it up with the odds cuz I just have like the schedule up not the spreads. Mm. So the one I'm looking, looking at a game I'm going to watch it's going to be the Eagles Dolphins. Yes. Oh for sure. Yeah, like if we're talking just purely watching football for the enjoyment of football, yeah, that Sunday night game of the Dolphins and Eagles is going to be fun. Yeah, that's that's going to be the game of the week for sure. Um value yeah, I'm, I'm looking value. I'm looking for something that maybe you can mm. snipe on the board and say, you know what, I'm going to throw some some, uh, some pennies on this one and see if I can double my pennies, you know? The one I'm looking at is the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tony Khan, Tony Khans Ooh. in New Orleans. Plus yeah. three. Currently, yeah, New Orleans is favored by three. I like what I'm seeing out of Jacksonville right now. Lawrence and is... I- might be hurt though. Mm, that could be a problem. So we'll I mean, see how that goes. Yeah. But right now, at this moment, yeah, uh, minus three, or like the Jags getting three points. What I'm saying, to I be honest, like the Browns at only value. being two and a half favorites over the Colts. And then, dude, the Lions being plus three at your Ravens. That's mm. gonna, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is value. I think you're right. Especially because it's plus three. Like that, if if the Ravens do win that game, you know it's gonna be by a field goal. So yeah. there's and maybe the Rams at minus three. Like if I'm putting together a parlay, maybe it's the Rams, the Lions, the Browns, and the Jags. Oh boy! All right. So it says that Trevor Lawrence has a knee injury, but uh, avoided a major injury. So they'll keep watch over it for the week. But no, I agree. Right. Those are those are some make a little cheddar on that, you know, throw five bucks and re replenish your bet pool for a week or two. Ooh, the dolphins are plus two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're in Philadelphia and Philly's oh. defense is very good. Yeah. I mean, not so good. They lost the jets. <laughs> that wasn't that their true. defense that lost them that game though. No. Long story short, the jets are going to the super bowl. That's a promise. <laughs> Well, with that being said, I think it is time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's a segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music from his incredibly long run in the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, I'll go first. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures, but it's it's crazy. Like, I obviously I heard the story, 
about David and Joku like blowing his face up. Oh yeah. And then showing up to play football and he had a, like this crazy Halloween mask so to cover sick, his though. face. It looked dope as fuck. Like yeah. he looked tough as shit coming in because he had the fur coat, no tarp, and the mask, and he's ripped. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like if I was if I had the body of David and Joku, I wouldn't wear a shirt anywhere either. I'd be fucking Randy walking around, you know? Oh yeah. But yeah, he's wearing this dope mask and like and then when he's playing, like he has his entire face covered, obviously wearing a helmet, and he got the dark visor and his he had something around his mouth too. Like you couldn't see his face at all. And then after the game, I think it might have been the, the Monday or Tuesday after, he posted a picture on his Instagram of what his face looks like. And holy shit. What happened? This guy's, I didn't hear about this. He was yeah, trying I, to light up like a pit, like a fire pit in his backyard. And he didn't realize that he got some lighter fluid on his arms and his face. Uh, and then when he lit the oh, fire, geez. it ran up and burnt him. Yeah, like third degree burns. Like he looks like a legitimate burn victim because he is a burn victim. Um, it like it's fucking crazy how like cut up his faces yeah and the fact that that man put a helmet on and went out and played an nfl football game while in that physical condition that just had to be so incredibly painful to just put that helmet on let alone go out there and play a national football league game so smashing the face and shit flying around and Man, my so my shout out goes to David and Joku for being the baddest motherfucker I mean, on the planet. Ten percent the way to Michael Jackson. Friggin'. Yeah, he looked like chopped meat. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, my shout out is to Ryan Reeves, man. Um, getting the game belt, second game in a row or second game in, and the one thing you'll hear from the coaches and stuff is that he's deceptively smart on the ice. And I challenge anybody to watch those games and, and argue that point. Uh, he's even close to potted a couple goals. He's fearless and relentless on the forecheck. He's defensively, he's, he's actually pretty defensively responsible. And I think the best thing about Reeves is that he doesn't try and do too much. He doesn't stay out there for super long shifts. He knows what he's supposed to do. He knows what he has to do and he does it well. Um, and then, you know, I think just the the misconception is that this guy isn't a hockey player. And I think it's pretty evident that he is. Um, now, he is 37 years old, and he signed for three years at a buck three. So that still might be a tough pill to swallow. But in this moment right now, uh, it's been one of the more exciting things to watch and one of the things I look forward to watching Leaf games. So shout out to Ryan Reeves. I like it. That was going to be my, one of mine that I was kind of floating through in my head. Um, I kind of got two. One is uh, Austin Matthews, just obviously what that dude's doing right now, and looks like a dude fully committed to this season. Um, I know it's only been two games, but you know when you sign a big contract and you're the face of a team, it's very easy to kind of have a lot of pressure and tough to come out the gate. But to be able to say, you know, like to me that shows a lot of leadership quality from something and or someone that some people said maybe he's not. Um, and I think it's all safe to say that in the next year or so, this becomes his team in terms of him being the captain once Tavares is gone. So, um, yeah, shout out to him. And then the other one, I guess, would be kind of like echoed by all of us is Brad. I know you did it off the top, uh, Dustin. But again, another congratulations to Brad and his wedding and, you know, all the power to him and good luck. It's, you know, 
it's awesome that that dude uh, was able to celebrate that this weekend. So, And shout out to all of you for tuning in to another episode of 43.6. We'll be back next week to talk more about Maple Leafs, to talk more about the NFL and everything else that happens to come up over the week. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. And until next week, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.